Hello and welcome to the Stockholmer podcast with Maddie Savage, introducing you to the people who are making a buzz in the Swedish capital. One thing's for sure, everything that can be connected will be connected. I think we're going to see uh, more and more services around the connected home, around connected car, making our lives easier. That's Brendan Ives, who's in charge of a new generation of mobile and digital solutions as the managing director of Division X, the innovation hub at Swedish telecoms company Telia. Brendan moved to Europe with just a backpack in the early 2000s, in the days before smartphones and social media, and now he's helping today's disruptors to trailblaze the trends of the future. The Stockholmers. Hi Brendan, welcome to the show, the finale of season three, so no pressure there. Uh, we are recording this episode on floor seven of Tellier's headquarters in Solnus, Stockholm, one of the shared work areas. You might be able to hear uh, distantly in the background the huge fountain that's here. There's also uh, low hanging light bulbs, loads and loads of greenery, a very uh, Swedish uh, office here. So day to day, tell us exactly what Division X is. Day to day we are doing a number of different things actually. So we have a team that's working with essentially being an innovation catalyst and that means working with both uh, external startups and companies but also helping the rest of the company with uh, innovation projects. We then have a relatively small team that works with exploring new ideas. We have to think big, so we like to cast the net quite wide, but really come back and be quite focused on things that can leverage the core capabilities we have today, but have the potential to create a more diverse, uh, broader portfolio for the company down, down the road. What can you tell us about some of the most exciting projects that you're working on? Yeah, one of the things that we've been working on is around the connected car. So we launched something called Telia Sense about 12 months ago. And uh, in its most simple terms, a connected car means adding Wi-Fi to the car. Um, but for me, that's, uh, well, great. But it's really about the services you can add to it. And one of the things I really love uh, is um, that we've done a collaboration with one of the parking companies. Uh, and actually getting a warning, for example, when I'm parking on one of these cleaning streets. Um, and that saved me a lot of money, I can tell you. I was constantly getting a fine for parking on the wrong street on the wrong night. Um, we're also doing quite a lot in the smart public transport space. Uh, we bought a company from the north of Sweden uh, earlier this year called Feltcom. We've been working with Feltcom to connect buses. I think that's a really exciting area. I think we'll see a lot more in that space going forward. What about within the home? Yeah, so we're doing things like partnering with a smart lock company uh, where we can help um, to make that lock even smarter by seeing, have, are you in the home? Uh, have you been in the home for a while? Um, bringing different media services where we can do creative partnerships with whether it's um, magazines or news or film uh, and make those services available uh, in, in, in different, more creative ways for our customers. A huge amount of innovation and excitement around this, as you say, but um, there are a lot of people a bit more concerned about how this affects them in terms of companies knowing what they're up to, so much more monitoring of what's going on on the roads and at home. What kind of debates and conversations do you guys need to have around those issues? Yeah, I think hugely important issue. Um, I think for me the really important thing is transparency and making sure that we're helping our customers to understand 
um, how their data is being used or could be used and essentially give them the choice. And if they do feel insecure or, or don't want these type of services, that we're there to be their partner essentially to... Um, to stop things happening that they feel feel unsafe about. What about all this in terms of the democratisation of technology? I mean, if more people that have the cash are able to move towards these increasingly smart, digital, innovative projects, um, is it also not the case that others are going to be left behind? It's a huge issue again. Uh, I just actually came back from spending a week at Singularity University uh, in the Silicon Valley where we talked a lot about both the power of technology but the but the downside of it. Uh, I think again it's really important that we have a balanced view so we need to be helping again our customers, society at large to both recognise or realise the benefits of technology but to be also taking positive action ourselves to make a more sustainable society and I think that's something that corporates are going to increasingly have to put effort into is is being a good corporate citizen and uh, you know playing both si- both roles really. What are the other major challenges for you right now? Keeping up with the pace of change is also a challenge for us uh, and I think one thing that we've clearly recognised and that's something Division X is uh, playing a leading role in Telia and doing is that we can't do everything ourselves. Um, I really believe that the future of technology is not about the technology itself but about collaboration Uh, and therefore it's really important that we're working with best of breed partners to both keep services relevant for our customers but to also make sure that we're keeping up with with the pace of change around us. How much of that comes though from pure competition. I mean, if you look at a city like Stockholm, which is a huge startup hub, number of unicorns coming from here, and these little innovative groups of people have have taken on big tech giants like Telia in recent years. Yeah, they have. I mean, I I really believe, though, that the the large corporates, I mean, we have a lot of fantastic resources. What we don't have often is that sort of speed and agility, uh, maybe that same risk profile that a startup has. I mean, we very often celebrate the the successful ones, but we forget quite easily that you know the largest percentage of these startups are actually failing. So I think that combination of corporate power startup attitude is something that we're really trying to harness. What do you think of the word entrepreneur? That's what everyone's calling it these days. Do you like it? Um, generally a little bit against buzzwords. I think if you look at innovation that we can do in the company, we have to recognise that what we can do is we can innovate around the core. I think where the real challenge is is when you start trying to innovate in space that's far, far away from your core competence or capabilities. So, yeah, the entrepreneurship, very much around our core. The further away we get from the core, much more about partnership and working with the startup, scale-up, growth stage companies. You're actually helping others who are starting up through this Coach Your Business program. And the buzz behind this is is no strings attached. Yeah, um, it is really the case. Um, we, um, what we believe is that if, if we think the future is about working with these startup companies, with these growth stage companies, we also have to play a role in making sure that there is a vibrant ecosystem and that they can thrive. So we sort of set up Coach Your Business to really help early stage companies, giving them mentorship, giving them access really to a lot of things that we have in a bigger company like this together with our partner Capgemini Um, and then we really look at it and say maybe we're going to find companies that come through that that we can do something more with but it's up to them and it's up to us at that stage so um, we've had a couple come through that uh, maybe we'll do something down the track with. Airme uh, who's working with um, 
solutions in the logistics uh, space. Uh, Stagecast, looking at bringing digital capabilities to improve the live entertainment experience. Yeah, that's, that's grabbed a lot of global headlines, that one. Uh, we work really closely with them, and I think there we definitely see potential to be doing some things together when they're a bit more advanced. They've also just been... So it's all about using your, your smartphone in the audience to interact with performance, interact with the stars on the stage. Exactly. Right now they've actually just been selected to be one of the uh, initial companies to be incubated in the um, Stockholm-based incubator called Amplify that's working with music companies. Certainly they'll get things there that we are humble enough to recognise uh, are capabilities we wouldn't bring to the table. So uh, I'm, I'm happy about that. I think it's great. And what does this coaching involve? What kind of things uh, will people get as being part of the programme? Yeah, it really depends on what the, uh, what the company is and what their needs are. We've had some that are really, you know, absolutely, you know, tech savvy, but really need that go-to-market help. Some we're giving a lot of technical support, others access to our exec team. So we, we really try and just make sure that we have an internal uh, resource assigned to work with them and then we bring whatever capabilities we can to the table to help them take their company forward. Speaking of Telia as a company, it has gone through a few scandals in recent years and in September it agreed to pay nearly a billion dollars in penalties to settle corruption cases, uh, not here in Sweden we should note but in the Eurasia market which is now left. You've obviously been here a long time, what was it like being here and watching the company go through those challenges and, and what do you think has been learnt from them? Most of us that were you know, uh, not in the Eurasian business, not really ex- exposed too much of that, but I think for, for anyone, of course, it's, it's, it's a tough time. Things are happening around us and I think the only thing that uh, we can all learn from it, I think, is responsible business is really, really, really important and uh, we'll come out of it much stronger as a company. I think we've learned a lot and... Um, uh, yeah, now we're exiting Eurasia, which I think is quite uh, sad in one sense. On the other side of things, it actually puts a lot more pressure on me and the team to make sure that we're able to diversify our portfolio and offering uh, in the Nordic and Baltic market, which is where we've, where we've really set our focus on moving forward. How do you feel looking back at your very long corporate career now? I mean, we're sat in, in this uh, hive of activity here. There's a lot of innovation going on within the company, but um, if you were starting out, your career now in this current climate do you think you'd go corporate or do you think you'd be in the startup world that's a really tough tough question like probably half of New Zealand went backpacking uh, in my 20s and ended up in London just happened that the uh, company I decided to work for was Telia Um, worked there for a couple of years came to Sweden for a three to six month assignment and the rest is history been in Telia since 2001 I think uh, if I look back at that point in time, I never believed I would have been in one industry five years, let alone one company. Telecommunications has been so diverse, so much happening. When I started out my career, telecoms was mainly about voice. Data was kind of this mythical future. So um, as long as there's a lot happening around me, I, I, I enjoy the corporate world. You talked about the huge leaps and bounds that technology's made um, during your career, so perfect time for us to uh, switch tack a bit and and look forward to the future. We're recording this podcast right at the end of 2017, looking forward to 2018. What are your quick-fire tips for the tech trends that are are expected to reach the masses in the next 12 months? I think one thing's for sure, uh, everything that can be connected will be connected. I think we're going to see more and more services around the connected home, around connected car, 
coming and affecting affecting us all, hopefully for the better, um, making our lives easier. Uh, also think there's things like blockchain and AI, AR, VR. They're a lot closer than, uh, than many people think. I think we'll start to really see some uh, quite interesting applications reaching the mainstream. Uh, I think social media for sure is taking up more and more of our, of our lives. There's a lot of discussion going on right now whether that's good or not. I mean in the US even founders of some of these social media type companies discussing whether limiting access to them would be, it would be a good thing. That's becoming a, a hotter and hotter topic. Just bringing it back to Stockholm, do you think it can keep its spot as one of Europe's most thriving tech hubs? I mean, it's facing a lot of competition, of course, from Silicon Valley still, but other emerging hotspots, places like Lisbon, Barcelona, Paris, London and Berlin still. Yeah, I think a lot of the value of the sort of, whether it's a startup hub uh, or the environment, is the experience. And I think the fact that Stockholm has had so many successful exits, um, same for many of our other markets in this region as well, but those successful ex exits and that the founders are actually reinvesting their time and energy uh, in that ecosystem, I think that puts Stockholm in an extremely good uh, extremely good position to keep keep growing. Of course it's not without challenges. Uh, there is a war for talent globally uh, and I think we're going to have to think probably more creatively uh, as the future evolves on how we attract talent. More and more I think we start to see these crowdsourcing or uh, uh, companies really gearing up to be doing assignments so I think uh, maybe the future of employment looks quite different and that we have to be able to embrace that, that not everyone wants to be employed 40 hours a week in one company. Uh, so how do we access talent but maybe in different ways would maybe be one of the bigger challenges that I think we face. Do you think Stockholm brags enough? I have a very strong opinion on it. I, th I think uh, Scandinavia in general, way too humble. And I think that can be at times positive. But I think the negative side of it is you get a bit outshouted by uh, you know what you see somewhere like the Silicon Valley. So... Uh, uh, keeping the humble roots but being prepared to shout a bit louder about some of the great success stories I don't think would, would do any harm. Well, that is certainly what we've tried to do here on the Stockholmer. At the same time as showcasing the diversity of talent here in the Swedish capital and giving you a bit more personal insight into the ideas, challenges and adventures behind some of the city's most successful creatives, entrepreneurs and companies. We really hope that you've enjoyed listening to season three as much as we've enjoyed making it. It is not too late to head over to iTunes and give us a quick rating or review. Support for this episode came from Invest Stockholm and our guest was Brendan Ives. All interviewees featured on the programme are independently selected. The season was produced with sound assistance from Benoit Deria, music by Simeon Ghost and logo designed by Richard Stevens. We'd also like to thank Diego Planis Rego for marketing support and Augustafsson for taking some of our photos, Lunchback for sponsoring a few of our earlier episodes and everyone at Stockholm Music House from where we've edited lots of the show. I'm Maddie Savage. If you'd like to keep up with the rest of my journalism, contributing to global media, including the BBC, Monocle, NPR and Business Insider, you can check out my brand new website, maddiesavage.com. Thanks again for listening. Listener.